What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast with me, your host, The Bishop, TW Takes. Do not forget, do not forget, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email me with all your terrible takes at bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. It's now time for more terrible wrestling takes. Oh shit, here we go. Listen, uh, SmackDown happened. I know I just recorded yesterday and, and dropped, but uh, I knew I didn't want to wait until now to do all the all the shows in one shot. Um, let me uh, let me start out by saying, uh, please remember to go to at Kevlar on the Rocks and join for the Royal Rumble giveaway. Enter your name, and you'll be put in for a random drawing to number thirty. Uh, 1 through 30 for the Royal Rumble, you will qualify for a free Wrestling on the Rocks t-shirt. Well, if you are the number selected as the winner, for instance, if Charlotte has number 12 and Charlotte wins the Royal Rumble and you are number 12, ta-da, you win a free t-shirt. If the same number hits for both men and women as the winner, you win two t-shirts. Also, if you join the Twitch watch, watch along, any everyone in the Twitch watch along chat, twitch.tv slash podcast, the night of the Royal Rumble, everyone in the chat who recognizes themselves in the chat as a viewer will be entered in for a chance to win a rattlesnake pin from Wrestling Pins. Go to uh, wrestlingpins.biggart.com. Big Cartel. Uh, follow them through at Rasslin Pins on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get to their website. Pre-orders are now live for the Dead Man. Their previous release is the Bad Guy. They also have the Hitman, the Rattlesnake, and the Warrior. I am a fan of all of their work. They have done a fantastic job, and I look forward to being able to do this more than once. Um, like I said, if you check out their website, the rattlesnake pin is what is up for grabs during this Twitch watch along. Again, that's twitch.tv slash TW Takes Podcast. I'll be joined by at Ref Marsh and at Kevlar on the Rocks from the Wrestling on the Rocks podcast. They do a Twitch stream every Tuesday and Thursday to recap the programs of the week. Now, speaking of recapping the programs, let's get into SmackDown. SmackDown, I feel like, took a little step down this week. Um, you know, they, they they were so powerful in their storytelling for like the last month or so. And I ended on one of the lowest notes I can think of. Um, you know, I, I know some people uh, were were upset with Adam Pearce being in a championship match. And to me, that was all face value, man. They were just telling this story with Roman. And I really, really dug everything Roman was able to do because he's the tribal chief and and the way the show ended with it it, it didn't oh man it really really fucking bugged me so before I get into that let's just recap the show as it as it came about uh it started off real nice Jey Uso cut a fantastic promo in the middle of the ring he was talking that shit but as a as a few of us out there including uh at BC Mendoza realized um you know, Jay's kind of speaking out of school a little bit. He started getting a little big in his britches. Seemed like uh, seemed like Jay was trying to say that uh, he was a part of what was running the show as opposed to it being Roman. So, you know, if you remember, again, back to the storytelling of it, 
Every time Jay kind of stepped up like that, Roman would make him pay. Now, if this episode was about Roman losing some power, then, you know, okay, you know, they, they planted that seed. But for my money, uh, Jay was kind of speaking a little out of school there. You know, he was starting to get himself uh, a little bit a little bit too high horse. His chest was out just a little bit. But it is possible he felt that way because he got some of that uh, that tribal chief oil in his hair. Your boy's hair was oilier than it's ever been. <laughs> He's standing a little bit too close to Roman or got into his stock or something. I don't know, man. Um, you know, the, the Usos usually do their thing, but this man's hair was was Roman slick on, a, on SmackDown. But, uh, but no, he had a match with Nakamura. Nakamura was a highlight of the night for a lot of people. They got rid of the Japanese rap in the music. It's back to the OG theme. And I guess everyone's right. You know, it wasn't a terrible wrestling take. Nakamura's back to a babyface. OG Nakamura that we all fell in love with and I'm fairly confident saying that there's not many people that hated Nakamura I, I think I think that's what we got now I think he's back and and I'm okay with it and when when the crowd can play along with the music and Nakamura can perform in the ring that's the best Nakamura that we have so I'm very very happy to see that I thought it was a really good TV match you know nothing too special and it's good to see that you know, we kind of have a Jay Uso that can work with anybody. Um, he's he's doing he's doing really good, and you know, it really shouldn't be a surprise still. And maybe it's the old school way of thinking of things, like how is this tag guy so good? But the Usos are great as a tag team. They've done everything well as a tag team, and they were, you know, some of the best at putting the wrestling together. So it shouldn't be a surprise. That, that Jay is this good, but uh, yeah, really, you know, really decent TV match. Nothing over the top, nothing crazy, you know, just a really good TV match. Um, next, uh, as far as matches go, uh, Rey Mysterio versus versus Baron Corbin. And I tell you, I really liked, again, the way Rey is being presented. Now, at the end of the match, when they did the promo and everything, I didn't like it. When Rey comes out, he's in shape and he's wrestling, good. He's great. I, 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 I'm I really liking this version of Rey Mysterio. Very similar to what we got with Daniel Bryan later on. But, you know, this Rey Mysterio just going in, doing matches, and not looking out of place. Fine with it. Absolutely fine with it. Um, it's, you know, kind of a setup to kind of get Dominic some more love in the ring, it seems like. Uh, show some character work from Dominic. Being able to hold back his anger. You know, uh, I'm not too mad at that either. Um and, and uh, what else? What else? What else should I be saying about Baron Corbin for those who don't fuck with him to fuck with him? Again, like, if you watch Endgame and you absolutely hate Thanos or Infinity War and you absolutely hate Thanos, like, you're supposed to, right? But you can also, like, appreciate the character that was played. Not not all bad guys are just like, oh, well, it's go away here or whatever the fuck you guys want to justify it as. Baron Corbin's fucking legit, man. He is the best pure heel in the business. And he's been that way for like three fucking years. I mean, Roman is just doing things that you call a heel because he's not presented as a babyface. But the only way for Roman to do what he's doing now and do it as a babyface is complaining. Because to he would have to garner sympathy. But there's there's nothing... There's nothing heel really about what Roman is doing except for the presentation of it. It's the acting of it, right? 
but the actions of Baron Corbin, his actions, his character has always been a heel, and he is fucking phenomenal. The match that he had with Ray was great. The ma- his side of the match, his performance in the match was great. It wasn't a great match. Again, it was another really good TV match. But as far as like pure actual wrestling heel, this guy is it. This guy is it. Now, by pissing off Dominic, caused for some distraction, and uh, and Corbin got the win. I'm curious what the promo was all about, though. At the end of the match, Ray and Dominic are in the back, and he Ray alluded to the fact that they he knows just the right guy to go after Corbin. And I I had my 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 thinking cap on, and I'm like. Well, Big Show was the first thing to come to mind, and that doesn't make sense because Big Show on Monday for Legends Night, you know, and they're not going to bring back Cain Velasquez, right? Like that's that was a failed experiment. It's not going to work. So what what do we do here? What could it possibly be? And the only person I can think of was fucking Buddy Murphy, and I say that with just disdain for the story. Doesn't make sense. You got somebody who is a little bit bigger than Ray. The guy was literally the 205 live champion, you know, and Corbin is fucking 6'7", you know, 280. It's not it's not even close that Murphy's not the right guy to get. So who else could it be? And I just don't I just don't see it. I don't see anyone on the SmackDown roster, period. You know, Otis isn't going to do it. He's doing his shit with Chad Gable, looking like Vader more and more every episode. So who else could it be? If it's just Murphy, uh, I don't I don't like it. But Murphy's the only one that makes sense because he's dating Aaliyah if they're still doing that storyline, you know what I mean? So who knows, man? Who knows? I, I just I wasn't a big fan about about how, how all that went down. Uh, another huge highlight for me of the night, I guess my not another, but like my highlight of the night was Billy Kay. I've been saying this shit episode after episode after episode. As soon as she moved over to SmackDown and started the resume thing, I'm like, this can go somewhere. And Mrs. TW Takes and I kept saying that, well, maybe she's just going to keep interviewing with tag team partners until she ends up back with Peyton Royce. And I would have loved that storyline. Now I just don't care. I don't care where it goes because every time she's on screen, I'm having so much fun. I could not stop laughing. Now, that's unfortunate for Liv and Natty, who are having a really good match. And I say that lightly, too, because for me, I could tell they've been practicing this match. And it was like, well, let's try it on TV, you know. And it was working. It was really good. And I think that's a testament to Liv. Because when Natty tried doing that with Lana, the matches were a little bit more see-through, a little bit, you know, more structured, not as fluid, should I say. So, um, yeah, it was a really good match. And... It turned out that Billy Kay was just the star, uh, the star of the show at that point in time. I mean, everything she did, uh, the commentary stuff. The wife was sitting on the couch, and she goes, "You know, I just need her to start yelling at Ruby Riot from the commentator desk." Well, she dropped, <laughs> she dropped the headphones, went over to Ruby, and was like, "You got to get in there. You know, you got to do this. You got to help that." It was, it was great. Um, she's just really entertaining, and that's a spot where you have now five women because Tamina came out. Natty live in the ring, Ruby and Billy on the outside, five women on TV, giving you some type of entertainment. And even Tamina, Tamina just standing there looks so imposing. And then the way she interacted with Natty, I'm like, man, is this a dusty classic kind of thing? Are we going to get a, you know, a, a, 
what, 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 like a legacy kind of thing. You know, Tamina's dad being uh, Superfly Snooker, you know, and we all know Natty's dad and the, the generation of talent that Natty has. So, you know, that if that's going to be Dusty Classic competition, that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so you know, we, we got five women on the screen and they got some time. They got some time to tell a story, just unfortunately for what it was. Um I'm sorry, not tell a story, but present themselves. Uh for the time for what it was, Billy did take over the show and I thought it was hysterical. Um I just want to buy into other wrestlers as well in the ring. So hopefully the next time Billy's out there it's to to help uplift the in ring work. Next segment that was a highlight was ding dong hello you know all these uh all these talk shows and everything they're they're always they either will or they won't you know i mean remember this is your life bailey she's part of one of the worst segments on tv and ding dong hello was great um i i i wanted to tweet it out so i can get the jump on it but i think a lot of us felt the same way she better make bianca walk through the door and she did you know they did the, they did the doorbell sound effect. It was fantastic, uh, keeping up with the gimmick. You know, uh, and and kind of letting it play out in front of her eyes. I thought it was pretty good. And then of course Bianca taking uh, Bailey's chair when she walked through the door was, you know, was golden too. So they played it off really well. And I tell you, I, this is what I was. This is the Bianca I've been talking about. When she had the mic in her hand, she was very subdued, very calm, very very straightforward you can see more of bianca the person than bianca the character she toned down a lot of the eccentric character work that she does and i i liked it a lot i thought that this was the best bianca that we got on the mic the intensity that she showed and then all the sassiness came after the mics were cut off when they were jawing back and forth and i thought it was a great use of bianca uh it sounds like we're getting an obstacle course next week, I believe. I wasn't sure if they explicitly said that I challenged you to it next week or if it was going to be, you know, soon. But uh, I, I have a feeling that that's next week. But I just, I, at this moment, I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Bailey is doing some shit right now where she was fully comfortable with her character. I watched the Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin on the network. And she said it, you know, she needed a, a change from the Bailey Buddies. And you can tell that her entire work with this Bailey character is is her figuring it out, but also finding how to grow. When she was when she was Bailey Buddy, she she had to play a part that doesn't grow. She had to stay in that moment of I'm the underdog or I'm the champion and I have a lot of talent and heart. And there's no growth there. There's no diversity there. Uh, Austin says it all the time. It's way easier to be a heel because you don't have to play a role. When you're when you're a babyface, you have to stick into that box. There's there's no out of the box. You can't. He's, he says you can't even trip coming down the runway because then you make a fool of yourself. But if you're a heel and you trip, and they boo you, you can flip them off, and it it's it adds to what the character is. So I think Bailey's really fine-tuning what this is, and I'm sure we can all agree her in-ring work speaks for itself. If at the end of the day she has to maintain this character but turn this character babyface, fucking superstar. Absolute superstar. So for me, there was a little bit of a surprise on SmackDown, and that was the Daniel Bryan-Cesaro match. Uh, Sam Roberts has been saying it for a couple weeks now 
that Daniel Bryan is reportedly a producer backstage and wants to end his in-ring career by, you know, putting other talent over, which just means, you know, letting them win in a fashion that makes you cheer for them. And that's why I was surprised that, you know, Daniel Bryan really did lose this match to Cesaro. And I know he has great reverence for Cesaro. I've heard him talk about Claudio as he used to go by on the indies a lot. He even, when he was the general manager of SmackDown, mentioned Cesaro by Claudio on a Talking Smack segment saying that he wanted to come over the SmackDown when he was being wasted on Raw. I believe that was right before the bar started. And we all, you know, a lot of us really do like Cesaro and and what he brings to the table and his talent's undeniable. His performances are money. Uh, The last two tag teams he's been in for a while, we really do enjoy those. I mean, the bar turned out to be just absolutely phenomenal. Him and Nakamura work fantastic together. Um, Even him and Tyson Kidd, when I first started watching again, Cesaro and Kidd were a tag team, and I liked them a lot. They, they were very good, and I'm, I'm a huge technical wrestling guy. And those two guys together were a, a really, really damn good technical tag team. But what I didn't like about this match was it was a bit see-through. Now, I was going to mention it with the Jay and Nakamura match. You know, there was a, a like a timing miscue with Jay and Nakamura when Nakamura went into the ring post that you can see the difference in, you know, like how men's and women's wrestling is where when women have the miscue, they look lost. And Jay did this thing where he kind of like regrouped the angle he was going to go in. Um, you know, there, there, there's no there's no like mistake that way in this match. But I I was like, wow, they're really like not going through the motions, but like, you know, point A to point B to point C to point D to point E to point F. And they just kept going and going and going. I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. You know, you guys are a bit better than this. So I just I just found it odd that the match was a little bit a little bit move for move kind of see-through as, applo- as opposed to fluid because they, you know, I mean, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, when they want to, can literally be just, you know, 60-minute matches that have you go, oh, whoa, whoa, you know, just all really, really excited to see. So, um, but no, it was, again, another good TV match. And, and I tell you, I... This is what bugs me, man. We had we had really good TV matches, you know, uh, Jey Uso Nakamura, uh, Rey Mysterio, Baron Corbin, Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro, and even the Sami Zayn and Apollo match was, you know, another really good TV match. It was actually it was it was pushing, you know, pay per view pre show level kind of match. It was a, it was very athletic. Apollo looked awesome. You know, we we got. We got a really fun match. Uh, the counters, the reversals, it was it was good. It was really, really good. And the story that got us there, unbelievable. Now, this particular Sami Zayn, they're, they're calling him Conspiracy Series Sami Zayn. And I know at Ref Marsh really likes the conspiracy aspect of what Sami Zayn is, could end up being. But I am completely out of this. It, it's getting way too old for me. Sami Zayn is better than this. This goes again to my point from a couple weeks ago where me and the wife, we were talking and like, we want a Sami Zayn. So don't make me hate you because you don't give me what I would rather see because the alternative is, oh, I don't have to watch because this character doesn't connect with me and this character, it just doesn't. And I actually don't even find the character that entertaining. And we all know how super entertaining Sami Zayn is. So, I mean, there's Robert De Niro movies that I don't watch because they're not as entertaining as The Heat 
or The Godfather. Like, you know, you don't have to consume everything of one character and this Sami Zayn just doesn't do it for me. I just I can't do it. Um it's and it's not it's not anything it's 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 a it's a non reaction. That's what it is. It's like oh, okay. You know, because it goes nowhere. It doesn't mean anything. Now, if, the, if he can prove something, okay. Or if somebody can prove to him, you know, hey, guy, like, no. But the, it's not. It's just him blabbering and leading to nowhere. Now, the match, again, was fun. It was athletic. And Apollo wins by pinfall. And Big E described it as being knuckle deep in them tights to get the win. Um, it was... I don't think I've ever seen a pin knuckle deep before, um, and it was. Uh, shout to Sammy's ass crack. <laughs> but yeah, um, how we got to the match fucking blew my mind. Um, I tweeted out, I know some of you guys saw because some of you guys listened. This fucking Roman Reigns character has an energy to him that makes everything fucking remarkable. The first time they show Roman and... And, and Paul Heyman, they're talking about the contract not being what what it should be because it was just for a standard match. Roman shows his displeasure a bit, and they pan over, and Apollo Crews is just sitting there. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Why is Apollo there? He's sitting next to Roman. Oh, my God. Apollo's super fucking important right now. I was I was blown away. I was blown the fuck away. I'm like, I, I can't believe how invested I am in Apollo. And he's just sitting there. Apollo was going to leave as they were talking about the contract. And Roman goes, no, sit here. It could be a learning lesson. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I I was so invested in Apollo just by him sitting next to Roman. And this this is no fucking Mark shit. This is just an actual feeling based on what happened. He's just sitting there. I I don't know what to say. Like, I'm just, I'm watching the show. I'm invested in Roman for sure. I want to see what's happening with this storyline. Next thing you know, Apollo's sitting there, and I'm like a super Apollo fan now. It was so weird. And and that's the power of what Roman Reigns has right now. Now, Paul made it a no-DQ match and, and, and asked Adam Pearce to sign. Uh, they take it back to Roman, and Roman's like, nah, son, make this a last-man-standing match. So Roman brings it back to Adam Pearce, and tells him, or uh, I'm sorry, Heyman brings it back to Adam Pearce and tells him, don't worry about signing right now. Sign it when we get out into the ring later tonight. So I go, okay. I'm down for the ride. Absolutely down for the ride. Now, they get out to the ring and again, well fucking done. Adam Pearce sat down first. Big mistake. The Chief sits down first. He steps in the ring first. He sits down first. They make Adam Pierce get up, switch chairs so Roman can have the chair that Pierce sat in and moved it to the head of the table. Love the storytelling. Absolutely love it. That type of psychology within the storytelling is the nuance that a lot of other characters don't get. And a lot of other characters honestly just can't pull off. But here's where I was completely lost. Adam Pierce doesn't sign the contract. Brings it up backstage with him after Roman signs on a last man standing match. Starts limping. Well done. I'm like, damn, did they did they poison the pen or some shit? Like, what's going on? Adam Pierce, top of the ramp, goes, oh, 
I am a WWE official, and it is my job in where all cards are subject to change, if not medically cleared, and blah, blah, blah. Fucking Kevin Owens' music hits. Kevin Owens signs a contract. Now, all of you... All of you sycophants out there that think that Adam Pearce shouldn't have been in the match because he's not qualified to take on the Tribal Chief. I understand your 1 plus 1 equals 2 logic. But this fucking story with Adam Pearce started with the fact that Adam Pearce made another Kevin Owens-Roman Reigns match when Roman said, you're not doing that. So because... Adam Pierce decided on who the next opponent was going to be. Roman had to show Adam Pierce that he was wrong. That that ad- attitude and actions by the tribal chief are why we are invested. At least myself, we're invested to this character of Roman Reigns, the character himself. The character Roman Reigns decides what happens in his future. If you deviate from that, you must learn your lesson. Adam Pierce did that twice. The first time was when they forced him into the gauntlet match. Now, is this WWE taking the power back? I don't see that. I don't understand how that happens. Who did Paul Heyman just go get the contract changed by? Someone above Adam Pierce. They demoted Adam Pierce and made him a performer. That's why he ended up in that match. Now, yes, he still has his role, but you get what I'm saying. Adam Pierce now fucked over Roman Reigns twice when it comes to putting him in a match with KO. He shouldn't even be in another match with KO. He already did the last man standing match with Jay. This We know how this is going to go. Yes, the match is going to be awesome. I completely understand that. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns can do no wrong in the ring together. I fully appreciate both of them as wrestlers, but I'm not talking about in ring right now. I'm not talking about the fighting. I'm talking about the story and the character. And Roman Reigns I mean, I, I was so fucking pissed last night when, when Kevin Owens comes out and just signs the contract because it makes no story sense. This is just an annoyance, another annoyance for Roman Reigns. Now, yes, at TLC, fucking Kevin Owens is so good, you actually thought he had a chance to grab that title. He is that good of a fucking performer, and it will look that way again. He will do some shit that will make it seem like Roman Reigns can't get up in a last man standing match. But it's not, Kevin Owens is not going to win this match. And because we know he's not going to win the match, all we're going to do is check match quality until the end. But the story, the character work, does not move forward whatsoever. You take a big step back to pre-TLC. We're in the same exact spot. There, Unless the end game here is to get Adam Pierce fucking thrown through the top of Hell in a Cell in some way, shape, or form. Because Adam Pierce now fucked the Tribal Chief twice on what the Tribal Chief wanted to do with his own career. And that's what you don't do. You don't make the rules. He makes the rules. So Roman either needs to find a way to to have the comeuppance on Adam Pierce, or this character is now going down the tubes. There's no other suitable replacements. There's no other suitable ways to get past this particular point. He he told Adam Pierce to his face, it is your fault Kevin Owens no longer can provide for his family. So 
Kevin Owens would have to win this match to prove Roman Reigns wrong. But if you prove him wrong once, you prove him wrong for the entire storyline. Roman is correct. He he makes sure everyone eats. Now the way to get out of it is you have Adam Pierce either join to be a part of the table, Kevin Owens join to be part of the table, or you get away from Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is not the guy for the story. Adam Pierce had to be put in his place by the Tribal Chief. I don't know how much more I can say that this particular match setup should not have been about the match at all. It was about the story. Royal, I do agree, though. Royal Rumble is a big place to play around, so you don't want to put in afterthought matches. But since we're living in this, we're living in the story, you got to build this fucking story. Now, we have two more Fridays before Royal Rumble. They have to do something to make me give a shit that Kevin Owens is part of this match. Again, yes, when we look back on this match 10 years from now, we're going to go, fuck, that was one incredible last man, last man standing match. Nobody's going to say, I hate how we got there. But we're living in this moment. And this story, to me, has never been about any other wrestler except for Roman and what Roman wants to do. And you've now fucked that up twice. It took me out completely. So that's my thoughts on SmackDown. Um, again, a show. I thought it was an F ending. I really didn't like it at all. Um, one more time. Hit up at Kevlar on the Rocks. With the DM, you'll be placed in the random draw of 1 to 30. If your number hits, you win a t-shirt from the Wrestling on the Rocks crew. Our, our, our and everyone's favorite drinking buddies. They do a Twitch TV show. Twitch.tv slash Wrestling on the Rocks. Every Tuesday and Thursday, catch them for recaps. They also turn every show into a podcast. Find them on all podcast platforms. Also, Night of the Royal Rumble. Come join me and the Wrestling on the Rock show doing a a dual-branded launch on my channel, twitch.tv slash TWTakesPodcast. If you are in the Twitch chat, you will be entered to win a Rattlesnake pin from at Wrestling Pins. We're going to have one hell of a time watching the Royal Rumble. So that's three items you can win. And imagine if you win all three. Not too bad, huh? At at Rasslin Pins. Check them out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow the links to their website. They just released their Dead Man pin this week. Uh, fantastic pin. The gray OG Dead Man. And the rare purple version of the Dead Man. Uh, so check them out. Again, we'll be giving away their Rattlesnake pin for everyone who joins the, the Twitch watch-along, twitch.tv slash TWTakesPodcast, uh, the Wrestling on the Rocks guys. They'll be giving away two T-shirts, one for the Men's Royal Rumble, one for the Women's Royal Rumble. You have to DM Kevlar on the Rocks with an X or hit up the show's Facebook page, Wrestling on the Rocks, to be entered. First 30 entrants, and that's it. So every entrant gets two shots. You get a shot at the men's, you get the shot at the women's. And like I said, if you join the Twitch stream that night in the chat, uh, raise your hand for your entrant into the Rattlesnake Pin giveaway, and you got three chances to win some shit. I think that's pretty fucking cool for just hanging out. So with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at 
TW Takes Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.